hey, it, it was interesting. Shannon had fun. Shay Shay had fun. Cat uh, was going off. He, he was speaking his talk, and as a consumer, I just thought it was very, very interesting. But you know, I'm, I'm an old school cat, and I always follow the, the old school rule of mind your goddamn business. I do it big, big, big. I'm coming to win. I do it big, big, big. Say it again. I do it big, big, big. I'm coming to win. I do it big, big, big. Say it again. I do it big. I stay ready. I got pulled like a tow truck. Never spiking like they hiking. They just go up. Looking good, smelling good. Put your nose up. I don't care what you say, Adam. Can't no, can't no woman on this earth fall with a punch. I'm going to leave you right now. Come on. What is up? What is good? How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? It is the third episode of the Big Podcast with Shaq, where we always do it big. I am in New York. Shaq is in the Shahuka Lounge in Atlanta. And let me just get right to it so Shaq can start asking questions. We are joined today by a world champion. Let me list them all. WBC, IBO, WBO, IBF, The Ring, the undisputed super featherweight champion of the world, coming in with a record of 14-1, and one, seven of those by knockout, from Fremont, Ohio, Alicia, the bomb, bomb gardener. Take it away, Shaq. You may see that I'm nervous. I'm nervous because she's mean. I called her uh, Alicia earlier, and she hit me with a damn gut punch. Almost shit on myself. <laughs> so, hello, Miss Alicia Bumgarner. How are you? I am blessed. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the Shuhuga Lounge. I love it. How you been? I've been great. I've been moving, had some motion. You ready? I've been ready. I can ask you anything I want. Anything. All right, so you got some news on a verse analytical finding in August. And since then, you posted on, on how you've addressed it and how you're ready to move on. Tell me how this whole ordeal has been to you and tell me how you how have you handled it? Yeah. So this whole ordeal has been a lot, to say the least. And it's been mentally challenging. It has been um, financially draining in a sense. But overall, I'm still here. I'm standing on business. I've been very vocal with my fans, very vocal with the media, with the sanctioning bodies to show scientific evidence and why I've always been a clean athlete and that I support clean athletes. So it's important that, you know, people understand that boxing has no union. It's just me. And you have to do everything in your power to show the, the bodies, the people that, you know, I've never cheated. I never doped in my life to, to be ahead, to get ahead. And I'm confident in that. I never, my confidence never wavered. I'm still here and I will be out very soon to defend my titles. So what have you been up to in and out of the ring? 
Shoot, a lot, you know, there's two worlds. There's being in the ring and being outside the ring. And it's important that I'm able to dip in every avenue that there is. One being juicing. I started my juice business um, during COVID. Temple Raw Juice, I juice for the local community in Detroit, for the kids, for healthy options, healthy opportunities that is not um, accessible. So health is wealth. Athletes need this. Regular people need this just to keep their bodies um, moving and grooving. And also just showing the world that I'm more than an athlete. So, you know, being on this podcast, being able to travel. I went to a few football games, was the captain at Michigan. Um, just really tuning in on the outside world and not so much just boxing. So when we do come back, everybody will be excited. Go ahead, Adam. Alicia, uh, you know, I, I went on Twitter, X, and I read this from you, and it really got me excited. It said, quote, I will be stepping on necks all year. I hope y'all are ready. And I'm just curious, who is going to tear more people up in 2024, you or Cat Williams? Listen, I've been entertained with that. But me, of course, the Undisputed World Champion, I'm, I'm stepping on next. Like, I've been telling people I feel like I've been locked up. I haven't been able to get in the ring. I have this, this rage built up. I have this um, excitement just to show the world how great I am and how I've always been great and how I am the best in the world at what I do. Can, can we have a dummy moment for, for a second? Sure. I'm a boxing fan but I don't really know all the terms. Can you define undisputed world champion? I hear you say that a lot. Can you define and break down what, what that really means? Yeah, so the undisputed champ means, to me at least, you have all the world titles in the world. You are the best of the best across the planet, all around the world, and you sit in 10 toes down, and everybody wants your spot. And I've climbed this mountain to the highest top that I've reached, one, becoming world champion, then unified, and then undisputed in less than three years. So to be undisputed is to be the best. And there's only one, and that's me at 130. You know what fight I would like to see? What fight is that? You versus Miss Clarissa Shields. Mm. Are, I know are, everybody wants to see it. Are you guys friends? No. Oh, y'all are not friends? Nope. Okay. We're fighters. So y'all are not associates. I mean, what a friend and associates a little different than me. And are y'all in the same weight class? We're not in the same weight class. So is that is is that a fight that can happen or? It, I believe it can happen. Like I've said before, Clarissa can fight at one forty seven. She said it before. I can move up to one forty seven and fight Clarissa. Size does not matter to me. Skills do, and I know that my skills are way superior than hers facts so how can so what's the what, what's the realistic what's the what's the question man? What, what's the what's the chance on this fight really happening i mean because you know we, we can all sit around and go he can fight she can fight her and he can fight him but what, what's the realistic chance that that this fight can happen this year or next year i would say it could happen this year or next year again it takes two fighters i've already said that i would fight clarissa shields she can accept the fight. I already have people calling me to put the money up for the fight. So if she wants this work, she she knows she knows. So in a perfect world, give me the give me, I'm I'm talking HBO, Showtime. Who would you want to broadcast the fight? Who would you want to promote the fight? 
lay it out because this clip will definitely go viral. And I want everybody to say, you want Bob Arum? You want the other guy? Like, who do you want to set this fight up in? Showtime, HBO Sport, like uh, DAZN, lay it out how you would like to see this fight. Because I, I wouldn't want to see this fight unless both of you young ladies are getting paid. I'm going to just keep it like that right now. Like, I don't, I, like, because y'all are the, well, you are the top. She's the top. You guys are the top. So, usually when men, the top fights the top, they both get paid. So, I wouldn't want to see this unless it's properly promoted and both of you young ladies get paid. So, lay it out. Who do you want to promote it? Yeah. So, that's a tough question, right? Because um, how things are changing now in the boxing where they're streaming, right? So, where are we going to have the best views? Are we doing pay-per-view? That's also important to look at. You know Everybody's what I mean? Everybody's going to watch this fight. Right. Oh, yeah. So, what, what kind of platform are we doing? We just seen that PBC moved to Prime, Amazon Prime. Obviously, there's DAZN. Showtime's out the, the window. But I think the best one would have to be ESPN worldwide. Everybody get it for free. You feel me? I know some people. I think, I think it would be a great fight. Again, Clarissa's the undisputed world champion at her weight class. And it would just show the caliber of the fighter that I am and how confident I walk the way I walk and, and I'll show it in the ring. Shaq, I got two things here. Uh, number one, Alicia, can Shaq walk out with you uh, and maybe rap for your entrance? And number two, since we're talking about perfect worlds, if you could land a punch on Clarissa, what punch would it be and how do you think it would feel? Man, so first of all, having Shaq walk out with me would be absolutely crazy. I would do it for you. You you said you would? Yes. Okay, let's do it. Done. Easy. And he said, uh, what punch would you like to land on Clarissa? Man, so I have many favorite punches. Um, Obviously, the right hand, I call that the Terry Harper right hand. That's how I became um, world champion. But the left hook is just calling me. And... um. I'm going to have to say the left hook because they don't see that one coming. How did you become a fighter anyway? How did you even get into boxing? Real boxing, because like I've seen you boxing, like you got some, like you, you, you can really throw hands. I get down with the get down. Yes, you do. So, yes. Um, so how and why? My dad, you know, I have to thank my parents for seeing something bigger than what I saw. Obviously, at a young age, they knew that I had this athletic ability to be great at something. And it happened to be boxing. And so starting at the age of eight years old, walking into a gym, my dad's like, you want to try it? You know, I had wrestled first. So that just built the confidence of who I was at a young girl, wrestling boys, and then transferring to boxing. And boxing, one thing that I love about boxing is it's mental. You have to know self. You have to get ugly with yourself. You have to be real with yourself. You under, you have to understand that only you can be the best that you can be. Yes, you have your team, you have your trainer, but it's all up to you. And that's what I love the most. And when I started boxing, it was, I never thought I would be a professional. I thought I was going to go the Olympic route, right? Go right. to the Olympics, do that, you know, be a gold medalist. It didn't happen. And I'm like, okay, bet. I don't, I don't have to win a gold medal to be a world champion. And that's what I set my mind to. And boxing just changed my whole life. And then on top of that, just being the woman that I am who has everything, the, the, shoot, the bodies, the looks, the skills, it's, it's a full package. 
And I think everybody is always in for a treat when they see me step into the ring, when it comes to my ring walks, when it comes to my outfits, when it comes to the buildup, when it comes to the shit talking, because I'm going to talk my shit and I'm going to back it up. And when it comes to me raising, getting my hand raised at the end and still, baby, because this is what it is. This is what I do. There's no plan B. Correct me if I'm wrong, but do I see you sparring with men? Of course. And do they take it easy on you? I wouldn't expect them to take it easy. I mean, because I would have to take it easy on you. You said you would? First of all, um, I've, I've, I've fought Sugar Shane and Oscar De La Hoya. Okay, good for okay? you. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, no, my okay. This, would, is a, this is a thing. I would have to take it easy on you. That's I'm, fine. I'm just saying. If that makes you feel good inside. See? I, if that makes you feel good. I, but listen, when we step in that ring, it's fear game, okay? I'm not going to. I, I can't do it. That's cool. I can't do it. Now, look, Be you, advice. No, look, I'm not taking can, it easy on you. Look, you can beat me up and do all the stuff you can do, but I, I, I can't. I can't see myself unleashing this nuclear. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I just can't. No, but, I get it, but I would no, but say, do um, they, do they, do they take it easy on you, or, or you know that that's up to them. I know when I step into the ring, just like any fighter, it's 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 a serious thing. You know, we're also practicing, so we're not in there to knock each other's head off. But I am aware if I'm in the ring with a man, they're going to have man's strength. But I also have my strength and I also have, you know, my confidence, too, in my skills and also, you know, what my trainer's telling me to do. You know, the men has helped me prepare myself. They've also have kept me sharp with my punches. So when I'm getting in there with a girl, it's just like, hmm, I do this. So a guy... Your size, your height mm -hmm. offers you a hundred million dollar fight. Would you do it? Pay per view. Mm, do we have headgear on? I would like a headgear. No. I think that'd be a nice exp uh, no. expedition. No, it's a real match. Mm, no, I don't need to do that. I don't have do to. It? I don't have to. This is my thing. I don't have to prove myself to a man that I'm who I am. I'm I'm cool with being a woman and doing what a woman does, and that's fighting women. I don't have to fight a man to compete or to say I'm better than a man to say I'm the best. So give me your next three fights, how you would like to see them. My next three fights? Call them out. Okay, listen. One, Amanda Serrano, she can get this work. Katie Taylor can get this work. Chantel Cameron can get this work. Clarissa Shields can get this work. I want all of these girls. This is the thing. I'm a competitor, and I love to fight. And I'm ready for whoever. I'm, I'm prepared for this. So do you do like most superstar boxers, and you spread them out, or you want all these girls at once? You know, typically women are only fighting three, day, or three times a, a year. So right now, because I am champ, you know, we, wanna, we want the super fights. And those take time to, to build. You know, both fighters have to agree. You know, a lot of these girls are actually on their way out. Amanda's really on her way out. Katie's on her way out. Chantel, I think she has a few um, few fights left. Um, you know, I also have mandatories. You got these young girls who are coming up now who want that spot. You Don't know? get scared. Huh? Don't get scared because the young girls you know, Ain't nobody up. scared. Listen, right, come, I'm, come I'm, over I'm, where the big I'm, dog I'm, is. Let me show you a little something. Let me show you something. That's cool. They supposed to be looking up to me and preparing to Adam, for, for a good fight. But um, I love it though because it keeps me on my toes. Adam, pretty girl with muscles that talk shit and can fight. Oh my God, I'm in, I'm in uh, a shahuka heaven right now. 
Alicia, I, I have a question for you because I think the thing that I'm mesmerized about boxers is that you go away for months and you go to like this dark place where you genuinely hate the other person and you, you think about this place and you want to bring them down into the suck and you want to you make them quit. And I'm just curious like to people like myself who have never trained like that and have never hated somebody that much, what is, when you are at peak, like, n nothing in the world matters, can you explain to us what that is like? Yes. So when we, when we lock it down, when we're into, in our camp, I instantly go, you know, I'm A.B. the fighter. There's Alicia, who you're looking at, talking to, and then there's A.B. the fighter, the one that's going to talk that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's two different people. But when I'm locked in, it's all about me in that moment. I'm not really thinking about my opponent. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know my job and that's to beat them, period. But what I have to do is make sure that I'm 100% right in my camp, my mental straight, I'm writing in my journal, I'm picturing how the fight's gonna go, I'm practicing this left hook, I'm about to drop on somebody's jaw or left hook to the body, you feel me? That weak and, ass um, left hook, you ain't doing <laughs> that left and, um, Did you say you have a journal? I do have a journal. Oh, she has a journal, Adam. The little baby has a journal. I do, yes. I've been journaling for years. Zach, I think you're the only one here that doesn't have a journal. Hold on. Hold on. You have a journal? Yeah, the same thing that you make fun of all the time. Yeah, I, I put my thoughts in it. Oh, hell no. Nah. You got I'm gonna a journal? Get, I'm going to get him a journal. Thank you. I got you. Zach's journal entry today. I talked to Alicia. Boy, is she pretty. She could punch me in the face any day. See you later, Journal. <laughs> she is you know, hard. it's something about these guys who comment on my pictures and say, oh, punch me. I want to get punched. And I'm like, that's wild. Hold on. Guys really do yes. that? All right. So can what, I, can the, you punch me? <laughs> All right. So what's the uh, wildest comment you got without naming names? The wildest comment? Yes. There's a few. I mean, I could go through my DMs right now and share a few with you. <laughs> There's just people just say off the wall stuff like. All right, wild. give me three. Three what? <laughs> three wild comments. Yes. Off the top of my head. Yeah, off the top of your head. One would obviously be punch me and punish me, right? Like they want to be punished. <laughs> they want to be punched on. <laughs> I think the second comment would be. People think I'm in a relationship with a woman. That's the one that be blowing me. Like, listen, I like men, okay? Who's the biggest name to jump in your DM? The biggest name? Yeah. I don't know. Say it. I don't, I'm just, I'm. <laughs> um, I want to say um, Shaq O'Neal. I think. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think he, he jumped in the DMs and. Um, I jumped in the DM. No, I, I, I did. I'm, I'm going to tell you how. Because when I saw her, I didn't know she was a boxer. I was watching the boxing thing, and I saw this pretty girl with some big arms. And was I flirting when I jumped in the DM, or did I just give you a compliment? No, no, you just gave me a compliment. He stepped into the DMs. <laughs> you wasn't supposed to say my name. You were supposed to say somebody else. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, Alicia, uh, we don't know who your next opponent is, but we, as the big podcast, are officially Team Alicia Baumgartner. 
Uh, I'm going to talk to our producer about putting Shaq's face on your boxing shorts. I think that's something we should do. I think Shaq should come out with you. And then as you continue to just stomp people, if you want to do your pre-fight interviews here, we got you. Do you have a shoe deal yet? No. You don't? I mean, I'm with Everlast, so boxing shoes, yes. Do we own Everlast? No, we own the other one. Okay. Would you like a shoe deal? Of course. Okay. Because I, because I know some people. You know some people? Yeah. All right, let's make it happen. All right, cool. Talk that talk. So we know you have a flight to catch. I just want to say thank you. Uh, if you need anything from me, anything from us, I'm, I'm, I'm always on your side. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate you telling us what you've been going through. And we love you. And hopefully that fight comes to fruition only if you two young ladies can get paid equal pay. Like I wouldn't want to see y'all fight and just for whatever you make. I'm not going to ask you what you make, but I would like to see you make Jake Paul, Floyd Mayweather type numbers on that fight because that'll be like the last time a fight was this magnitude was I think it was Layla Ali when she was going to fight Ann Wolf. Mm. I'm thinking of it, but that that's the last time you had two monsters at least talking about going at it. So th- this fight. It's a, it's a great fight. And, and I would also just mention that, yes, Clarissa is at a higher weight class. Um, but to me, I'm here for legacy. I'm here to show the world that I don't back down and that I want to fight, quote unquote, the best. So how much do you weigh? How much do I weigh? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. I'm about 140. So she's 140. What, what is she? I couldn't tell you. She's maybe like 160. I think she fights at 160. So everybody walks okay, around so, differently. Yeah. Okay, so both of y'all have to come to 147. 147. I think with the right strength yeah, and, and the food, all that. I used to, I, look, I used to walk around 147. Again, the weight and all that ain't no issue. Okay. I'll beat her. You going to beat her? I'll beat them all. You can't beat me. I don't know. That left hook to the body and kind of crumbled you a little bit like a cookie. I don't know what you're talking about. You sure? Alicia, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Anytime. Get started on your resolutions with Factor so you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in 2024. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons. You'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Forget frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factors 2-Minute Meals are your secret weapon in this year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals all delivered right to your door. So skip the overpriced takeout trap. Factor is cheaper and way more delicious than takeout. Get chef-crafted restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door. They're ready to heat and eat in just two minutes, which means more time for you. So head to factorsmeal.com slash bigfactor50 and use code bigfactor50 to get 50% off. That's code bigfactor50 at factormeals.com slash bigfactor50 to get 50% off. Uh, hey, so I just want to talk about this. I brought it up in the beginning when we were talking to Baumgartner. Um... This Cat Williams thing, bro, with Shannon Sharp. The reason that I wanted to ask you is, 
I think that you you have been so influential to comedians for so long. I did not realize comedians were this competitive. Have you seen it? What did you think of everything that he was saying, bro? Every everybody is competitive. You know, like I'm I'm looking at these podcast numbers and all that. We coming for the top spot, me and you. Comedians are definitely competitive. You know, when I had my Shaq comedy thing going, everybody wanted to go last and who's, who's headline, who's making this, who's making that. I wanted to put Kings of Comedy 2 together. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, but, you know, we could never, we could never, because, you know, everybody's worrying about who's going to go last and who's going to go first and who's headlining. So we can never really get it together. I, uh, I will not resort to the new way of thinking all the time. When I talk my stuff, it's only for stuff that I can relate to. I'm a former basketball player, so I may talk about some people inside that world, but in real life, there's a rule, Adam, and it's called mind your business. And we, we know people's business now because people talk about other people's business, but if it ain't basketball related, I don't think I can get into it. It was, it was very interesting. I'm, I'm like everybody else. I heard it, but I don't, I don't want to say he shouldn't have did it, he shouldn't have did it, because guess what? Street rule number one, that ain't my business. Like, you got a lot of people now commenting, oh, he should have did it. That, that, that ain't what I do over there. And I will never grab my phone and be like, can't do it. Hey, it, it was interesting. Shannon had fun. Shay Shay had fun. Cat uh, was going off. He, he was speaking his talk, and... As a consumer, I just thought it was very, very interesting. But you know, I'm, I'm an old school cat, and I always follow the, the old school rule of mind your goddamn business. It's probably good for the pocket. All right, you did so. You did say Kings of Comedy two. Who would be your four that you would put in Kings of Comedy two? But you couldn't use anybody from Kings of Comedy one. If I if I had the power to do Kings of Comedy two. And again, it's, it's kind of hard to say who would headline because I don't want to just... Yeah, not, no, no order, Kat. just the four. I would have Cat. I would have Mike Epps. I would have Kevin Hart. And I would have to have Dave Chappelle. It's a strong yes. four. And I think of those four, I think they would all be okay if Chappelle finished. But you know, I want to have a, a Captain Williams moment right now. Per NBC Sports, I don't know if it's true or not, but I want to address it. Yusuf Nurkic, Nurkic, whatever his name is, is talking about pressing charges against Draymond Green. Now, I have a problem with that. Because one, it just shows how soft you are as a big man. I'm, I'm gonna just keep it there. I'm not gonna go too deep into it, but if you do that, you're gonna ruin what I created in the Big Man Alliance. The reason why Draymond hit you, sir, because he knows you're not gonna hit him back. So for you to say, uh, 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 I want to call the cops and press charges, bro, did I press charges when, when Charles hit me in the ball with the face? Huh? Did, did the, did, did the uh, New York Knicks press charges against the Miami Heat in this brawl right here? Did anybody from, from, from uh, Michael Jordan when he fought Reggie Miller in this brawl right here, did anybody press charges? So for you to say, even think about saying you're pressing charges, you're soft. And this is something I would tell you to your face if I saw you. You can't press charges. You just got to get your big ass up and hit somebody back. How about that with your big soft ass?
Don't be all on the floor. Kevin, oh, Kevin, oh, call the tech. He needs help. No, he don't need help. You need help because you're soft. And big guys shouldn't be soft. But Yusuf Nurkic, if you are thinking about pressing charges, I'm disappointed. And you will no longer be called a big man. All right, now that you're fired up, I get to ask you this question. So I've been noticing this thing in the world that we're competing in now in podcasts, that there's a lot of guys over the age of 50 that are enjoying talking to women, or at least talking about it. Uh, Shannon Sharp is 55. Stephen A. Smith is 56. Shaq Diesel, you're a young, spry 51. My question for you is this. Shannon, Stephen A., and Shaq, the three S's, are all at a fine establishment. And a classy, beautiful, impressive woman walks in, and you're all interested. Who's getting the number? Me. You know why I'm getting the number? Why? Shannon's going to be too, too thirsty. Stephen A., Stephen A., Stephen A., Stephen A. And Stephen A. going to try to sound too smart with them dumb, big-ass words he be using. Hey, can I get your kind of a good? And she's just going to look at me, and she's going to know that I already got the Ph.D. She's going to say, oh, that's Shaq. How are you? And I'm, I'm just going to sit back. Just going to sit back and say hello. And I'm going to act like I don't want it. And that's why I'm going to get it. Hey, hey, man, they don't call me Shaq and Nova for nothing, brother. Do you think Stephen <laughs> A. and Shannon would agree? They don't have to agree. I, I, know, I know what would happen. I'm glad I asked that question. Okay, uh, I want to do one quick who you wit. Um, and I'm going to read two guys' stats, and I want to know who you'd pick, okay? First guy's stats, 34.8 points per game. So 35 points per game, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks. 35, 12, 6, and 2. The other one, 30, 14, 4, and 3. I'm going to go with the uh, 35. That is Joel Embiid's season this year. And the second one was your best season with the Lakers. I did the math. And what I found is... But you forgot. What? You forgot to add one thing. I did that with four motherfuckers on me. He don't get doubled. So times that shit times four. So I scored. So 30 times four, I averaged 120 points, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, hold on. In your best year, you averaged five free throws a game. And B, this year is averaging 10 free throws a game. So the, big, the only difference between you two are those five free throws. But I, I just wanted to put into perspective the year Embiid is having. And, and my question for you is this. He's reached the point now where everyone just says, show it to me in the playoffs. So what is he supposed to do for the rest of the year before the playoffs start? I'm going to give it to him like Kareem gave it to me. And he should take it as disrespectful because that's how I took it. But later talking to Kareem, I wasn't being disrespectful. I was being factual. Uh, I was averaging big numbers with L.A., really bigger than his, as big as Wilt. And, you know, but we kept getting swept in the playoffs. Like, okay, Shaq, you're doing that in the regular season. What about in the playoffs? And this article really broke my heart. They asked Kareem, what do you think about Shaq? And, and Kareem says, well, he hasn't won any championships yet. So that's my message to Mr. Embiid. Like, we know what you can do, but... Can you can you can you can you do it when it comes time where it really needs to be done? Can you do it at the big dance? Can you get the phone number at the big dance and can you take it home and close the deal? That's what we want to know. Anybody can always show up, but so listen, thirty-five point eight is good, but 
you know, in this thing of ours, it ain't enough until you win. Can, can you right. take me and, back to that playoffs where you finally won it, but in the beginning, how different was your mental having heard all of that? Like, did anybody even stand a chance, or were you so angry that it was just over? No, I got, I got swept my first three years when we, me and Kobe got no, swept. No, but I mean, you go to L.A., and everyone's saying you can't win. I never heard. I never heard. I can't. The only time I heard I couldn't win it was it was with had to do with my liability at the free throw line. Like I always had a talent. They they always said if I could hit free throws, we have a chance to win. But we just kept getting swept. We got swept year one, swept year two, year three, and then I just finally got tired of. It. And then when Kareem said that quote, it kind of hurt me, but it kind of really really pissed me off. But then I again. It kind of also taught me how to, instead of always worrying about being criticized, see if there's some truth in that criticize. And then I had to say, you know what? Kareem has G19 classification. So if, if the uh, you know boss man says Shaq ain't that good because he ain't won the championships, I'm not that good. Now I got to turn it on. That's when Phil came around and you know had an extra little focus. And you know the first year Phil came, I was I was really on that you know MVP thing because. I read a quote, before you succeed, you must first learn to fail. I just got tired of failing. Like when you're a sensitive guy like me, you want to hear, oh, Shaq's great, then how come he kept getting swept? So similar to what Joel's going through now. So my message to him is not only do it in the playoffs, you got to win that thing. Because what he needs to understand is after he wins the first one, they're going to say, bitch, you can't go back to back. And if he wins the second, oh, bet you can't. Oh, you got one, Joker got one. Who's going to be the first and number two? It never stops. The, the, the greater you get, the more pressure that is, you know, put upon you. So my message to him is, hey, we're all impressed, but guys like me don't get impressed until you win it. And that's why I say Joker is the best big man in the league. We all know Joel Embiid is the best big man when it comes to numbers and all that, but Joker went to the big dance and got that thing done. I have uh, one more before we get to our interview uh, with Mike Will Made It, who's unbelievable. Um, there, what's happening, since you're wearing purple and I'm seeing the Lakers jersey behind you, the Lakers have now lost 9 of 12. They're now under 500. And a story came out today that there is, quote, a growing disconnect between Coach Darvin Ham and the Lakers locker room. And it's around the rotation and adjustments. It is hard being the coach of the Lakers, especially when you're not winning. Are you noticing that there's, there needs to be a change, or is this just that part of the year where people get bored? What I know for a fact in the locker room, resume is important. You mean to tell me LeBron's going to listen to Darvin Ham in the thick of things? I know the answer to that. I'll let you figure it out. You think AD is going to listen to Darvin Ham? You know, all the other guys may listen to Darvin. That's no disrespect to Darvin Ham, but... No championship experience, no playoff experience. So, you know, if I'm a guy that, you know, has been there, been to the, to, the, to, to the title run a lot, why would I listen to a guy that hasn't been there? So you definitely have to be on the same page. So, and, re- and that's the reason why I won with coaches that have been there. Because, like, when all my other coaches talk, I'm like, that's, I don't think that's going to work. But when Phil comes in and says, all the summers I got swept, I was fucking watching him. And when I go to Miami and Pat says it, okay, when I was in high school and college, I was watching you. So I, the resume is very important. So, And then if it starts to get out, it's, it's, it's true. That was where but, my question for you is, when it gets out to the media, somebody leaked it, which means it's really an issue. It's true. But, you know, as the 
as the as a one-two punch on the team. If that is true, you just have to say, okay, we're not going to listen to him. Y'all got to listen to us, and this is what we got to do. Like, I, you know, Chuck's a firm believer of his coaching. It's not coaching. It's players. Like, coach, ain't gonna, like, coach can tell me what to do, but you're not going to tell me how to play. You know, if somebody has more effort than me and outplays me, it has nothing to do with coaching. So, you know, the other guys are definitely going to have to step up. AD is going to have to step up. Reeves going to have to step up. And all the guys that's getting these open shots, you got to knock them down. It's just crazy to me because a few weeks ago they won the in-season tournament and they're smoking cigars and popping champagne and now they're leaking stories. That's because they got the 500,000. <laughs> they got the 500,000 and they got the in-season banner hanging up, Staples Center. They, hit, they, they lifted a banner, they popped champagne, and now like a month later they're like, we might need to fire this coach. That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. But, but the question is, who, who's out there? Would you like to throw your? Like, would you like to throw your name in the ring? No, never. Cause you know why? Cause I smack people. So quote: You couldn't coach the Lakers because you smack people. Yeah, like if I tell you to do something, you don't do it. I'm have to. I'm. I'm, I'm just gonna smack you. Okay. For the sake of AD's face, Shaq will not be the coach. Not AD. Not no AD. Strike that from the tape. Sha Shaq loves AD. It is now the time of our show where we get to welcome in a tour de force, a prodigy, a man that has turned Atlanta into a capital of the music world. He has made hits with Gucci when he was a teenager. He has topped the charts with Kanye West in his prime. He has changed the game with Miley Cyrus and Beyonce. He has kept us humble with Kendrick Lamar from mixtapes to Grammys. Everyone in the Shahuka Lounge, give it up. For Mike, Will, made it. Damn. I ain't gonna lie. I, I had to just clap by the way he just said that. That was, that was hard. I never. Mike, Will, made it. What's going on, brother? What's up, big dog? It's my second time meeting you. I just want to say it's a pleasure meeting you. Of course, I'm a big fan of yours. I've, I've, I've listened to a lot of your music. But for those who don't know who you are, give me some more big names that you've worked with. Man, my manager really ran through the catalog. Um, I don't know if he mentioned Rihanna. I don't know if he mentioned Hold her. on, who? Rihanna. I did pour Say it, it up. again. Pour it up with Rihanna. Say it one more time. <laughs> Rihanna, 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 Rihanna. You know what I'm saying? Um, did pour it up with Rihanna. Did um, love me with, with Wayne, Drake, and Future. Um, What's, what names did he not mention? Juicy J, Bands Make a Dance. So I've, I've seen all these like six-year-old kids, seven-year-old kids that like can play multiple instruments and their parents know immediately. I know your parents were big into music. You had siblings in music. Was there a moment where you were really young where you like heard a noise or a sound and could like play it on the piano that your family was even like, this guy's different? Um... Man, you know it's crazy. That's how I got the name for my company, Ear Drummers. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I can't play any instruments. I, I just do everything by ear. So, like, um, what made me start making beats is like I would hear certain songs on the radio, and my sister had like a my sister had like a um, like a little keyboard um, at the house, and it was just laying around. And I used to just hear I used to hear like certain songs on the radio, and I used to play it back. Nobody taught me how to play. The records or anything like that, and um, I, I would just play. I would just play the songs back, and then my homeboy, at the time, like man, this is my brother. Like I grew up with, and like he was my favorite rapper, and I um I used to just play certain stuff back on the radio, 
and then he used to just freestyle. And then he was the one really that told me like, man, bro, I ain't gonna lie, bro, you might need to make beats or something. And I was like, I'm like, for real? And then he was like, he was like, yeah, yeah, bro, like, you already know how to do it. You already, you already making a beat. And I was like, dang. I told my pops about it, like, man, I think I wanna make beats. And then he had got me a beat machine, like, when I was like 14, like for Christmas. And then I just taught myself everything. And then it just went like that, you know what I'm saying? But I was already like a consumer of music and like listening to the Sonics and like the, all the different kind of stuff when it kind of music. Cause like even my dad being a DJ, he would just show me like how different rock bands or different um, artists or whatever, like like he'll show me like the, the panning and like the reverb. And so that's when I started looking at like effects and stuff like that and started looking more into it. And then my sisters were just, like one of my sisters was like in the 96 Olympics, like in, as a drum major in the, in the band. And then my other, my other sister, um, she used to always get like front page on sports, like in high school when she was playing softball. And then they both graduated college. So I was like, damn, I can't be the only failure. I was the youngest, I was like, I can't be the only failure. You know what I'm saying? So I was playing sports and then, but I always liked music. So then when I started teaching myself the beats, I just locked in on that from high school. And then just, it wasn't no looking back. For real. So he mentioned that you worked with Gucci ever since you was 13. Tell me which song really broke your career open? Man, it was crazy. It's just, it's different tiers and it's different levels. You know what I'm saying? So like, I came in the game with like Gucci. You know what I'm saying? I was the first artist to ever rap on my beats. Like, you know what I'm saying? This was like underground Gucci, like early days, like around 07. So that was like all mixtape records. And then I, then I linked up with like 2 Chainz and Pluto um, Future. That were, and they were like underground mixtape artists as well. So we all came into the game together. And then um, like me and me and Pluto, we did like a lot of classic mixtape records from Ain't No Way Around It to Itching to, you know what I'm saying? All types of mixtape records. And then and then um, with Two Chains, it was like, we had like Got One and, um, and Lala. But then when they both got record deals, like I did No Lie for Two Chains. I did Turn On The Lights for Pluto. You know what I'm saying? Um, never, in, never End with Pluto. So how many hits you have? Too many, and, bro. And, and is, there, is all the songs that you produce hits? Have you ever had one that you thought was a hit, but really people people really didn't catch on? Uh, to be real with you, see, like a hit to me might not be like the top of the charts. A hit to me is just like, man, we hit the target. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, man, it's like, man, boom, like this song feels like something. Or like, and that's what I'm aiming for. Like, is is it new? Is it innovative? And do it feel like something? Do it make you, you know what I'm saying? Do it make you remember where you was at when you heard this record? Like, you know what I'm saying? I want people to feel like that when they hear a song. So like, like to me, I don't, I'm so particular about the songs that I, or like the production and like the sonic and like how, how good the song is put together to the point where it's like, I don't even want it to come out if I don't feel like it's a hit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like certain songs like Itching might not have went top, you know what I'm saying, top 10, hot 100, but if you play Itching any time of day, you know what I'm saying, anywhere, it's like I feel like we hit the target, you know what I'm saying? Because the ones that know, they know, you know what I'm saying? And then I feel like, like you know what I'm saying, at the same time, Humble was like, it's like my one of, like one of my biggest records, you know what I'm saying? And like we definitely hit the target, but it's like, like I feel the same way as far as like, it's just different songs like Miley Cyrus, um, We Can't Stop. I thought that song was gonna be my first number one. 
it went number two, Hot 100. But it's like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like we hit the target. I feel like we changed the tempo on pop music at the time. I feel like it was like just a, a culture shift period. You know what I'm saying? And you know what I'm saying? So I, like, I feel like every song that I drop, I try to make sure like, man, we hitting the target and then we're going to put it out. Then it's going to have that tag on there. Boom, we're going to put it out. We're going we're gonna to throw it on the shelf. And yeah. Who is uh, Ray Shrimmerd? Ray Shrimmerd, man. The Black Beatles, you know what I'm saying? Two, these, these like my little brothers, man, like from Tupelo, Mississippi, like extreme talents. They from Mississippi? Yeah, they from Tupelo. I didn't know that. Yeah, extreme you, talents. That's crazy. Like, when they first came out, I thought I thought it was one cat. Oh yeah? Yeah, I thought it was one that's cat. That's crazy, because that was like kind of like the, that was like kind of like the art behind it or like the the, the math behind it because it's like Ray Shrimmer is really eardrummers backwards. You know what I'm saying? So like eardrummers. Say that again? Ray Shrimmer is eardrummers backwards. I never knew that. Yeah. So like eardrummers is my record label. You know what I'm saying? Like I got to get you one of the pieces, one of the eardrummer pieces. You know what I'm saying? I want to earn a piece. So you give me a, a, a 32 bar. I bless it. If you like it, give me a piece. If you don't like we, it. We're going we're gonna to lock in. We're going to get well, that all the way right. Hold on. But, but, but yeah. Those guys from Tupelo, Mississippi spitting like that? Yeah, so it's like when I met them, their group name was Sway. So Sway Lee and Jimmy Sway, they brothers. You know what I'm saying? And they had that other homeboy, Bobo Sway, with them. You know what I'm saying? And um, they were all locking in, making music with each other. Then when we started working on working on the album, boom, I was like, man, hey, look. Like, I'm always about like things like standing apart. So I was like, man, bro, I ain't gonna lie. If if we lock if we drop this music and I go to Shaq and be like, man, you heard that new song I did with Sway, Shaq gonna be like, dang, he did a song with Sway in the morning. Like he gonna you gonna automatically think that, you know what I'm saying? I was like, man, I had this rock and roll group that I was trying to um come out with called Ray Shrimmer. And they were like, What's that? And I was like, It's eardrummers backwards. And they were like, they were already part of eardrummers. They were producers and songwriters and you know what I'm saying? These are brothers, like, and um, they were like, man, hell yeah, that's too hard. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, man, people not gonna know if it's one person, if it's two people, if it's a group, what, what y'all look like. And that's why we just put it out with the colors at first. And then people didn't know if they were kids, if they were, you know what I'm saying? Cause they were talking crazy, but they had young voices. And it was like, that's how we broke the mold and just got people to like look that direction. But we knew like people wouldn't catch on a race trimmer being eardrummers backwards. You know what I'm saying? Till whenever. That. That's crazy. Right so where do you rank Atlanta among cities that have influenced music in the past 20 years? Uh, number one for sure. Yeah, I, yeah I gotta be number agree. one for sure. Atlanta. Like, I've been living here everything. for 30 years, and Atlanta been cracking for 30 years. Yeah, nah, for real. It's just like it's like it's so much. It's so much talent in one pot, and you gotta be. You gotta have your own style, or you gotta be able to. You know what I'm saying? move the city to even stand out out here. You know what I'm saying? So everybody, you know what I'm saying? Everybody who ends up standing out out here is special in, in their own right. You know what I'm saying? And then when that moves the city and you pop off from Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and the world really, really looks at it like like how, how they even looked at Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like back in the day, it's like in New York, it's like the world is looking at it like that. Ain't no disrespect to anybody, but like, Pluto, Pluto, Gucci, and Two Chains is like, I came in with them, so I saw them as the underdogs first, and I saw them when like the world wasn't even looking, and like, 
and everything I saw. Who's Pluto? Uh, my bad, I always call it, you know what I'm saying? Future, my bad. Oh, okay, all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they actually doing it today. They, and I saw them like, like be the underdogs and then come through and like move the world. And like the world actually be like moved by what they're doing. And then um, Tip was like, it was an era where I was, you know what I'm saying? Always just, every album Tip drop is just like, man, when he came through, I feel like he moved it like that too. I wasn't there behind the scenes and seeing it, but I was there as a, that's when I was just a straight consumer. And it was like, you know what I'm saying? I'm seeing how he moved in the game at that point. And he's showing how Atlanta, how far we could take it. And then Andre 3000 is like, he always lives in his own space in his own world. And I feel like he set the tone for a lot of different things as well and just coming through unique and staying true, true to himself, so. What, 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 what's your thoughts? And you're not gonna hurt my feelings, so. What's your thoughts on NBA players that try to turn into rappers? Now I gotta, man, you've been asking me a question, man. I gotta just flip yeah, this go around ahead. to you. Yeah, go, go ahead. How do you feel about like the celebrity basketball players, like the rapper basketball players, you know what I'm saying? Like when they get on the court, so for me, I always tell people I never wanted to be a rapper. Yeah. Right. So for me, it was just I was always taught to maximize my potential and follow my dreams. We all come from the same place. Mm -hmm. We all want to be so like kids now. You want to be Mike, Kobe, LeBron. When I was coming up, you want to be Dr. J or Magic Johnson. Right. Right. And on the hip hop side, I had a I had a gold Dookie rope chain. It wasn't real, but I wanted to be LL Cool J. Yeah. So I used to mimic what I used to see. So playing ball and rhyming, doing the same thing. So when I went to the Arsenio Hall show, I said, I wanna I wanna, you know, I wanna I wanna be introduced to the world in a different way. Everybody comes on, sit in their suits, talk about what they're gonna do and boom boom bam and that's it. I said, No, I wanna rap in my favorite rap group. And Fushnickens was my favorite rap group at the time. So I did it. But people don't know, I've been doing it the whole time. So I did it, they liked it, and then my agent calls me and said, man, you ain't gonna believe this. Jive just offered you 10 million for three albums. I can't turn that down. Mm -hmm. So I had a meeting with Jive, I said, you know what, I don't really wanna be a rapper. However, as a kid that's always dreaming, my concept will be, I wanna rhyme with all my favorite rappers. Mm. And that's why I think I have the, the, the biggest, the best discography when it comes to the people that are trying to be rappers. Again, I never wanted to be a rapper, but yeah. being in the studio with Notorious B.I.G., priceless. Yeah. Yeah. Being in the studio with Nas and Jay-Z, Peter Guns, Lord Tariq, DJ Quick, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, it don't get no better than that. Yeah. And, you know, so when I I did the first album, produced by Eric Sherman and, and, and Redman, and they put me to the ringers. They, they actually taught me the music business. They say, nah, because we got our name on it. This is how you're going to have to do it. So sometimes I'd be in the studio all night. Mm -hmm. Nope, do it again. Nope, do it again. Chip Fu was like that too from Fushinka. Nope, do it again. So I kind of had to start from here and then, you know, working with all those producers. And every time I work with a producer, I say, send me a beat. They like, nah, you got to audition. So I would have to come in and freestyle and, you know, have my stuff ready. Mm -hmm. So I did it for fun. I went platinum the first time. I was like, man, this feels pretty good. But then when yeah, I got yeah. that check, I was like, <laughs> nah, I was... when I got the check, I was like, this, this it? Yeah. Like, I mean, because I was making so much money, I was like, you know what, I'm going to just forget the, the celebrity part and, and, and the having fun, the, the making money part. I just want to have fun. So, And I've never been turned down by artists, never. Yeah. So 
I think that says a lot about me. You're, so. you're, 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 you're a superhero to, to many. But the only reason I ask that is because I feel like I feel the same way. That, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, like, I don't, like, like, when when I say, like, how you look at, like, celebrity rappers that's trying to be, like, basketball players, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure, like, some of them are nice, but you already know if they were to get on that, if they were to get on, in that paint with you, or, you know what I'm saying, get on the floor with, like, you, Kobe, and, like, and, and, and amongst the people that you were playing with, like, it's like, they probably can't perform at that magnitude, but, like, they probably always had hoop dreams and they could hoop or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And they probably never took it all the way serious, and I feel like that's the same thing, like, I feel like, like you, like you just said, you just spilled it. Like, man, you always had like a passion, you know what I'm saying, to, to rap and just work with certain ones. And and I feel like, even even when it was rolled out, it was more like, man, our favorite basketball player and he rapping. So it looked like, man, he just having fun with this shit. And, and he hard though, but you know what I'm saying, he just having fun with this shit. But you know That's what I'm saying, what I wanted to do exactly. And and it's like, I feel like you nailed that. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate that. I feel that like so. you nailed that. Also, man, I feel like you need to come to the studio at the William in the city and pull up and, and, and lock in with Mike Will, the producer, you know what I'm saying? Because you send locked in with all beat. them other guys and let's see what we can, you know what I'm saying? Send me a beat and I will definitely No, no, no I don't send beats. Uh. I don't send beats. I say you got lock in at the studio. Okay, okay we, so we I got to come yeah, do it live. Yeah, we're going to do it the right way. All right, deal. Yeah, we're going to do it the right way. Now I got to go back in the lab. Yeah, now <laughs> you got to pull up to the William, man, get that eardrummer sound, man, yeah, earn that eardrummer piece, man. I will, bro. Word up. Because I ain't going to lie, this new generation, they need to hear you pop your shit. And right, one yeah. thing I always respected about you is like, man, you you go for it. You know what I'm saying? Like you you got all these different businesses, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You might be playing basketball, you might be doing movies, you might be, you know what I'm saying, dropping product. But one thing about it, you always have emotion, you know what I'm saying? So like that's one thing I respected about you, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's rapping or like, you feel me? Stuff like that. So I salute to you it. on that. All right up. I feel the same way about you, brother. Thanks for coming to the Shahuka Studios. No, nah, you did. And appreciate I'm, you, man. Appreciate you for having me. I'll definitely pull up on you. Nah, for sure. Hey, you text me. I'm there. Man, for sure. I get it. Yeah. Thirty times four, I average a hundred and twenty points, motherfucker. <laughs>